Hello, and welcome to Crafty Hands Club Magazine Podcast. I'm your host, Carice Jefferson. This podcast is for crafters of all ages and walks of life who love connecting with other crafters, making crafts a lifestyle, or ready to turn their crafts into a profitable side business. Tune in weekly for honest conversations and interviews about industry news, trends, lifestyle, and business. Hey, Craft Beauties. Welcome to another episode of Crafty Hands Club Magazine Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on both Instagram and Facebook at Crafty Hands Club Mag. You can use hashtag CHC Podcast when screenshots of the episode that you are currently listening to. A brief introduction of today's guest. She is a Chicago-bred, New York, New Jersey. She has 10 years of experience as a communications and marketing professional in the social impact space. As a creative, she has worked for small and large social enterprises, as well as not-for-profit organizations. She started Pretty Creative Hustle to support women of color and then launched Gratitude for Black Girls to celebrate Black women and inspire Black girls. What was created as an annual event has organically evolved into a safe space and platform for Black women and girls to feel good simply for being themselves. She genuinely believes that her life's purpose is to show up and show out for Black women. Ladies and gentlemen, today's guest is Miss Tatiera. Glad to have you as a guest today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. You know, I've been a fan of Crafty Hands Club for the last couple of years now, and I'm just honored to be here. Thank you. So now that you are on the Crafty Hands Club podcast, I want to talk to you about a couple things because it's very interesting what you're doing and just from your social media and your videos, you've been very consistent with your messaging and educating on what your organization is about. Mm -hmm. And also, you just have been very good with also articulating the mission. And that is something that's very important when you are in charge of anything and talking about it. So can you dab a little bit into your messaging, communicating the brand and just the total package? Yeah, happy to do that. So where do I begin? So I'll start with Gratitude for Black Girls as a platform. And so originally, before we got here, Gratitude for Black Girls was an event. Our first event happened back in 2019. And 
we didn't know at the time that it would become the platform that it is today. I say that to say messaging evolves over time as you grow and expand. So don't be afraid of that expansion. Gratitude for Black Girls today is a multifaceted platform that celebrates and amplifies Black women and inspires young girls. And it is now the first platform in Pretty Creative Hustle's portfolio. And so Pretty Creative Hustle is that multi-platform impact studio. And our mission is to amplify women of color's voices and share their businesses, their projects, their experiences through the events that we do, the content we share, and just overall community building. So what Gratitude has become outside of that event that we do, this event that we've been doing, is kind of that first portfolio piece and it's exclusively for and prioritizes black women and girls as an audience what i'm hearing is that pretty creative hustle mm-hmm. that was to support women of color and then the gratitude for black girls segment of that began more as a celebration and to inspire girls and women of who they are. Absolutely. So when we started Pretty Creative Hustle, it was always meant to kind of be like this production studio. And we initially started out just supporting Black women and Black and Brown women businesses. We would help them with their marketing and building out campaigns and all this great stuff. And so what I realized was that specifically Black women, we didn't have enough spaces. I felt that showcased us in a holistic way. Black women aren't a monolith and we need spaces that kind of celebrate that diversity just within just within us. And so that is how Gratitude for Black Girls was born. And it was that event. We were fortunate enough to have businesses and organizations like yours support us in that first year and that initial vision. And since then, Gratitude for Black Girls has become a platform with content building, content sharing, community building, and we're going to be diving into more focused events like we do in April, a part of Black Women's History Month. That is kind of how that grew from that event into a platform. And now that April event that we do in honor of Black Women's History Month has its own identity. It is called This Is For Us, our Black Women's History Month signature event. And we going back to that whole messaging getting and evolving, we felt like we needed to give that its own name and identity to separate the two. Gratitude for Black Girls is what it is, which is the platform, and this is for us, is that signature event. Okay. Now, in terms of community building, right, because one of the things that and I'm speaking for the craft industry, mm-hmm. building communities is essential if you want to go anywhere. <laughs> Otherwise, you won't have anything. In terms of community building, I think a lot of people have a misunderstanding of it sometimes, mm-hmm. and it may be overwhelming because community building does have a lot of moving pieces but it's still one machine at the end of the day you know it's a machine with just a lot of moving parts it's more than just an event it's more Mm -hmm. than just a campaign Mm -hmm. centered around the campaign what would you tell someone that 
is starting off in the creative space in terms of community building? Like what's the simplest way that you would tell them? Yeah, that's a really great question. The simplest thing, I would say start where you are. And I say that to say, I think oftentimes we feel like we have to go out and find these people to build community with. We all organically have community around us. And starting with the people in your most direct network who you feel can understand your vision and your values, be open to bringing them on the journey with you. I think sometimes we can sell the community that we already have short because they didn't bring it to you or they didn't latch on to your original idea. We kind of dismiss them. And I think it's worth taking some time to bring your people who are already your people on the journey with you. I know that that won't always work out and I know everyone won't always be able to go, but I think it's worth starting within and then working your way out versus feeling like you have to go in cold and build community. Gotcha. Okay. And that's so true because a lot of times, and I think it's because you have a lot of people out here that have said, chase people with this many followers or go after big accounts, right? Mm -hmm. But there's communities around us all the time. Like for instance, on Instagram, if you have just 20 or 30 followers, that's your community. Yeah. And you want to cultivate, but you have to cultivate that community and cultivation is part of relationship building. Yeah. You know, it's not say, okay, I got these people in the community and then when it's time to sell something or have an event, then that's when you want to reach out to the community. No, you mm-hmm. talk to them and speak to them all along and understand their pain points and address their issues. And, you know, just talk. everybody wants to be heard and everybody is looking for a platform that resonates with them. Otherwise, they wouldn't be on the platform. So you have, have this community And when you have this community, what are ways to cultivate the relationships that have started within that community? Yeah, I would say be consistent, keep going, take stock of who your current followers are and how they fit into what you're trying to build. So like if your 50 followers are your friends and family who aren't interested necessarily in crafting or, you know, in my line of community, creating these events. Ask yourself, where are the people who are interested in this and bring them into your fold while still bringing the current followers on the journey. They may not be interested right now, but maybe your role is to get them interested, get them engaged. Cause Oftentimes, people are still figuring out what they're interested in, and you could be the one to introduce them. So I think there's, if these people are already following you, they're all, they're, if they're interested in you, there is a really 
good chance that they're they're interested in what you're doing or could grow interested in what you're doing. And so I think you, there's a lane for that audience, but then there's also you doing your due diligence and finding out where the people who you want to follow you are. I think sometimes as content creators, we get caught up in our platforms that we forget that we still have to interact. It can't be a, a one-way street. It has to be transactional. So as you want people to comment on your things and engage in your space, you have to engage in others as well. You know, really you have to be the, the follower you want to see for, like I, that's how I kind of think of it. You have to be the excellence you want to see. You know, you have to be the change you want to see. So you, ultimately you have to be the audience member, follower, stakeholder that you want to see for other people. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with that because one of the things that in the craft community and refer back to the craft community because that's what Crafty Hands Club is deals with, mm -hmm. but you dropped a lot of gems in just that short time where you said in terms of your content and social media you're being social selling it's a little promotion the 80 20 rule but at the end of the day it's mainly social and that's what people come on there for you have to think about what your followers are there for they're not just following you just to follow you they believe that you have something that resonates with them that's the opportunity to use that to communicate with them but not just people who are following you as you said but also people that are not following you you know use those hashtags or use those different groups to your advantage and that's how you expand your circle too. And it doesn't always have to necessarily do with the thing that you do, but if it's someone of value where it's both ways, because we don't want it to be just one way where you're delivering value and they're delivering some value to you and you build that relationship with one another. They may not have anything to do with what you're doing, but that's a relationship that you have with them and you are learning something, you yeah. know, you're learning something from them and they are learning something from you. So in terms of your business, it serves black girls and women. Mm -hmm. And it's a good thing because you're African-American. It's something that you can identify with, something that you can resonate with. But now you have the other terms people of color or brown girls mm -hmm. but there's other descriptors of it when you started the organization did you feel kind of on the fence about saying black girls instead of girls of color or brown girls and did you ever think that it could be a barrier for mainstream business opportunities by segmenting to Black girls and women? Very great question. And the short answer is no. So, And I say it's no because when I set out to create gratitude for Black girls, I wanted it to be explicit and unapologetically for women that identify as, as Black women. I support all women. I absolutely 
believe that we need spaces for women of color, but just like I believe that we need spaces for women of color, I think as Black women, even more so, I wanted to create a safe space for that. Because as Black women, we have unique yet diverse experiences just within us. And I think that could be said for other groups of women and specifically women of color. You know, I think I think Asian women need spaces where they can talk about their experiences. I think Latinx women need spaces where they can talk about their specific cultural experiences. And that can even be broke down even more because, you know, Dominican woman's experience may be different from a Cuban woman's experience, which may be different from a Mexican woman's experience. And so when I set out to create this space, I knew that this was explicitly prioritizing Black women and multicultural Black women, because there's Black American women, there's Black European women, there's Black Australian women, there's, you know, Black British women. And so it's with that in mind that I created this space. And so, yeah. So I didn't, you created it on the global scale, which is good because there are Black women in other parts of the world. Absolutely. And yeah, when I went into it, my experience is as a Black American woman, and that has its unique trials and tribulations. But I also knew and wanted to be sensitive and thoughtful about the fact that again, Black women aren't a monolith. My experience isn't the only experience as a Black woman. And I wanted to be cognizant of that. And I wanted to be, I wanted to create a space for that. And thinking about all of that, I had no doubt in my mind that I wanted to create this specific space for Black women and girls. Okay. So which brings to the uh, next question. So last month, many retail stores, corporations, and organizations were talking about diversity and inclusion. And there were some events that took place last year that started to get people talking about diversity and inclusion. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things when it comes to diversity and inclusion is definitely something that needs to, it requires education mm-hmm. because it can't be, you know, feeling like one representative of a group is diversity. It has mm-hmm. to go past that and it has to also go past an event that happened or something you know, really life-changing in order to say, hmm, diversity and inclusion, because it's kind of like putting band-aid, a Band-Aid over the bullet hole, but there's still a bullet hole, right? Mm-hmm. So in terms of diversity and inclusion, what are your thoughts about that? And how would you define diversity and inclusion? Because you mentioned earlier that you're doing diversity within your organization, even though it is for Black girls and women, you're still diversifying within that category. Yeah. So diversity and inclusion, I think, is extremely layered. 
and there's multiple ways that you can go about doing it. And so just at the top level, you know, diversity looks like different races, ethnicities, genders, ages, religions, disability, sexual orientations, education, you know, skill sets, experiences. So it's so layered. And there's, I don't think there's one right way to do it. I think depending on where you are, whether it's, you know, there's workplace diversity and inclusion, there's community diversity and inclusion. And so how I define it is based on the area that we're talking about it. And so if I talk about it from a gratitude for Black girls perspective, diversity and inclusion looks like first acknowledging the fact that there is no one right way to be Black, just like there's no one right way to be a woman. And so in exploring that, creating community with women and Black, specifically Black women, uh, creating community with women who don't necessarily have the same story as I do. Not all Black women come from urban areas, come from two-parent households, come from, you know, with college education, work in nonprofit, identify as heterosexual. So that is my makeup. So creating community with women who of multi-generational, so creating a space that's multi-generational, that was important for gratitude for black girls. Multi-faith. So, you know, like I identify as Christian, but you don't have to be Christian to be in this space. That was important to me because, you know, we have Muslim women in our network. I think that is important. Making sure to check the privilege of being able-bodied when creating, you know, I think about the first gratitude and women were in the space who weren't able-bodied women. And that really made me take a step back and think about that privilege and how do we create space to keep that in mind. And so like, we had limited accessibility and we worked around it. And, you know, the people involved in the event, you know, if we had to pick up wheelchairs and do whatever we need to do to make, make it an inclusive space. But I knew moving forward from that first event that that is a part of my diversity and inclusion journey. When we get back to a world where we can do things in person, that is important. Like being that inclusiveness is important. Sexual orientation, you know, not just having women that identify as heterosexual in our in our space and being mindful of that and acknowledging that education levels, you know, that's important. You know, so yeah, I think that has been a part of gratitude for Black girls' diversity and inclusion journey. I don't think diversity and inclusion stops at race and ethnicities. There's so many more layers to it. And when you focus in on specific races and ethnicities, like I have with this event and this platform, it forces you to think about those other aspects of diversity and inclusion and, and work to be as diverse and inclusive as possible in this work. Okay, so you said some good things there. You took something from your first event 
Yeah. And you said, okay, this is where you need to adjust. There's some issues here that can be fixed. Yeah. So for someone who is starting off like an organization and they want to start with diversity and inclusion, Mm -hmm. we both know that it's not just a one-time ordeal. So what are things that can be put into practice on a continuous basis so that it aligns with the goal and what is being said about diversity and inclusion? Yeah, I think, I think it's humans in general, we're forever learning and evolving. And I think we have to approach this idea of diversity and inclusion with the same kind of lens. When you start whatever you're going to start, and you think about this idea First, you have to identify what diversity and inclusion looks like for you in that space. So, you know, for gratitude for Black girls, diversity didn't look like bringing white women or men into this space. That's not what I was looking to do. So then, so I had to think about what diversity looked like for me. And while, you know, on the surface, I felt like we were covering a lot of our checkboxes, for lack of a better phrase, you know diversity in ages, diversity in religion, sexual orientation, education, personality, skill sets. And even before the event, I was like, you know, this idea of accessibility, I was like, yeah, like, you know, people should be able to, to move around here the way that they should. And I didn't, I didn't think about, you know, door sizes and small steps versus large steps. Like I had this very narrow view of what accessibility looked like and that event that first event you know created an opportunity for me to learn and grow I say all that to say I don't think you're going to get diversity and inclusion right the first time and be done I think as what we mean by diverse and inclusive evolves you have to evolve and be nimble and adapt where when you win and where you need to And I think that idea of adapting is important to address because when we adapt, that does not mean that you have to stray away from your idea or like your, like your core value and how you want to do things. So like I said, you know, diversity for me does not look like creating a space for non-Black women as the priority at Gratitude for Black Girls. But what that does look like is making sure as an able-bodied Black woman, I am creating space for women, Black women who aren't able-bodied to have a space in our, on our platform, in our event, both in person, so as in physical events, but just in general as a platform. That is a priority for me. So yeah, I would say Think about what diversity and inclusion means for you and start from there and make sure that you understand and are open to being adaptable and flexible as you grow and learn. Good point. So I'm going to create a scenario here. Yeah. And this isn't to be controversial or anything. And I'm mm-hmm. just letting listeners know that. So let's say someone who's non-Black really like what you stand for, the organization itself, and believes in it. Mm -hmm. 
and they want to be a part of it. Yeah. But the barrier to that for them to them is I'm not black. Yeah. And you talk about diversity and inclusion within, you know, black women, black girls. How would you handle that? And, you know, you might have or you may have not came across where someone challenged you about the organization's mission and what it is. You know, someone might have said, again, that's non-Black, might have said, it's nice, but it would be nice if you could include, if it included all races. Right. So two parts to that for me. So the first part is, and I I say this to people when they ask me, can non-Black people, can men attend Gratitude for Black Girls events? So the first thing I would say is, yes, you can attend, but you're attending with the understanding that this space prioritizes Black women and girls first, meaning you can have a seat in in the audience, you can listen and learn and observe when appropriate, but it's with the understanding that this isn't a space to teach you how to be good to Black women or how to listen to Black women, how to protect Black women, how to celebrate Black women. That's not what we're doing. We're doing it. And so if you can learn from watching and you can appreciate what we're doing, you are welcome to come in this space. If you're looking for something different, so to your point of like, oh, it could be great for if you did this for all women, if I'm being completely transparent, while there are plenty of spaces that people can attend that celebrate all women, this is not one of those. And I am very okay with that. This space is explicitly and unapologetically dedicated to Black women because I felt like as a Black woman, there weren't enough spaces that did that. And I wanted this to be one of those. It's not a decision that I made lightly, but I did it with intention. So if, you, if you're looking for a space that celebrates all women and celebrate all, celebrates all women this way, I can point you in the direction of some that, that absolutely do that. So that would honestly be my response, but making sure I also say, if you are looking to come and take a seat and experience how Black women celebrate other Black women, you're welcome to. That's good. (laughs) So in terms of, no, I just wanted you to communicate that. Yeah. A lot of times there's a lot of good things that are being done within not just Blacks, but with women or with the LGBTQ community or religious sector or Mm -hmm. age specific. There's a lot of good things that are being done within those segmentations, but there's always one or two people that would challenge it and say, it would be nice if it was for that. And again, you can't please everybody. That kind of goes back to what you said earlier about talking to your audience, very clear on who your audience is. You're very great at articulating, this is what we are about. This is what this platform is for. And this is what this platform doesn't do. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. So you're very good at that. Not everyone is. So 
it's very good to be able to communicate your core principles, your values, you know, what you stand for, what you don't stand for. So that way, when you are challenged, you will be able to say, this is what it is. This is not the platform for this. And you're welcome, you're invited. But if you have a problem with it, you can't always choose another platform absolutely which is, you know the best way and it's not being angry or bitter or no. short-sighted it's just being honest and it's absolutely. a difference between being anger and bitter and all of those other negative labels when you're defending yourself it's a difference between those things and just being honest and standing in your truth is this a total difference now i'm not saying that a person who's telling the truth isn't being bitter or angry because you can't tell the truth with wrong motivation if you're professional about it you're clear about it and you've done what you're supposed to do on your part and it aligns with the intentions for the business that you are in and the community that you are serving you've done your part and so now you know the gratitude part because gratitude is a word that most people hear at thanksgiving time right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know gratitude char gratitude like honestly you could be expressing gratitude 365 absolutely in terms of gratitude why did you choose the word like gratitude, you know, for black girls? And how do you define gratitude as it relates to, you know, your business? I know it's celebration, but let's mm -hmm. really talk about that gratitude side, because gratitude is a word that is almost like scratching the surface. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. We're grateful for good weather we're grateful because there's money in the bank account but like gratitude go goes past that <laughs> yeah so yes let's we can break that down so okay. when I was thinking about this event because originally it was it was just an event I was like what do I want this event to do what do I want it to feel like and I kept coming back to wanting this space to feel like a love letter and or like a thank you note to black women and so you know by definition gratitude is a noun that means being thankful and ready to show appreciation or to return kindness and that's what I wanted the event to represent but the twist there is that I wanted to take the word gratitude and almost make it a verb. And so now, you know, we say, we think of gratitude as a verb, the physical manifestation of, of thankfulness and appreciation. So gratitude and love in action. And so then the question becomes, how do you show gratitude in action? And that is when we came up with these principles of you show gratitude to people by, you know, actively listening to them, investing in them and their ideas, celebrating 
them for things that they've done, things they've overcome, just simply for being like you, when you love people, you, you celebrate them just for being like, you know, we celebrate birthdays. And that is kind of how we got to this idea of gratitude for Black girls because we wanted gratitude to be an actionable labor of love and appreciation for Black womanhood and Black girlhood. And so that is how I got to the name of the platform being gratitude for Black girls through through that thought process. Okay. So now there's a lot of Black girls and women that Mm -hmm. are into crafting, whether it's knitting, crocheting, jewelry making, woodworking, you name it, there's a Black girl or woman somewhere in there. What opportunities does your platform provide for them? Because a lot of times people in the craft space, we tend to look for things that specifically say it's crafts, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, creatives, uh, a little bit, but like words like creatives and makers, it includes, it's so broad. Like, yeah. Makers is more technology based, you know, a lot of, you know, things you go to at makers fairs is more, you know, robotics and technology. A lot of creatives that goes into so many, you know, areas, you know, that could be writing, that could be, you know, dancing, that could be film. So for someone that is a crafter, you know, they're a black girl, they're a black woman, they're part of the community that you are serving, but they're looking to be a part of something that celebrates them. And then they say, well, it doesn't say for crafters, you know, and not to say that it, you know, specifically, well, in a way I am saying that because I did say that the craft community does look for things that are for crafters. Mm-hmm. What does your platform offer for Black women who are into crafts or have you thought about, you know, diversifying in terms of like the creativity side of what your business is about? Yeah, really awesome question. And so I would say there's natural spaces where I would hope crafters, specifically Black women that craft would feel welcome if they're doing their crafts as a small business or like a side hustle or, you know, their sole income, when we do the event, we have vendor booths and tables for them to sell their crafts and people come to gratitude, understanding that you're coming to support black women, entrepreneurs and, and led projects and businesses. So there's space for them there. We do our small grant. So we give out $1,000 every Black Women's History Month to a Black women-led business or passion project. So that $1,000 that we give away isn't necessarily for you to turn your hobby or your your passion project into a business. I'm not saying that because I'm a firm believer that not everything is meant to be a business. So Mm -hmm. we're also willing to invest invest that into your passion projects and your hobbies. I think hobbies are important for like mental health and having the space 
to do those things and invest in those hobbies, I think is important. And we don't really talk about that enough. Or, you know, you might be thinking about turning it into the to a business, but you don't have enough supplies or inventory to start. We have that opportunity right there to invest in your, your hobby and your passion project or business. And as a craft, you are more than welcome to apply for that. And now moving into this new reimagined gratitude, we have sessions and workshops as a part of our event. And so as we're planning for them, if a crafter wanted to host a workshop, a Black girl, Black woman craft workshop, we have the space for them to do that. This year, you know, we've, we've, we're finalizing the session schedule. We have, like you said, we have like some creatives involved. So like we have our open mic session, we have some dance workouts and things like that. But, you know, next year, as we plan, you know, now I know when I talk about proposals for session and workshop leaders to be explicit and saying, you know, hey, you know, crafters, here's an opportunity for you as well. If you want to lead a workshop for other crafters. So I think there's definitely some, some natural places where crafters could feel that this space is for them. Okay. Yeah. That's a good idea in terms of like, you know, for the next event mm-hmm. of you know, including, you know, some craft workshops or maybe someone that, you know, you know, that may do a quilt or something, maybe have them to do, you know, ask them, could they do like a little storytelling quilt, you know, pertaining to that event? Yeah. You know, and just one, you know, for display purposes and that, you know, kind of like a focal part of the program. I don't know, you know, you, you have the vision for it, but it may be, you know, another way to kind of engage the craft community. Especially um, if we get back to in-person events, like, you know, on video that, you know, <laughs> on screen, that would be, you know, a great visual, but to be able to have, like, like you said, like a quilt or something as like the example you gave at an in-person event, that would be dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's a lot of creativity out here and there's a lot of crafters out here that just do dope stuff. Yeah. And, you know, if you, you know, can incorporate that in any type of way. I believe that that would definitely expand your community and yeah. it would just be, you know, another opportunity to kind of mix things up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so you Absolutely. talk about the event. So what upcoming event that you have, like, when is it? I take it it's going to be virtual and yeah. how can listeners learn more about this event? Yes. So Black Women's History Month is April. And so April, we host an annual event now called This Is For Us. So that same Gratitude for Black Girls event that we did for the last two years is coming back for this third year reimagined for the world we're currently living in. And so it's an immersive, multi-generational at-home experience powered by Black women for Black women. There'll be progressive conversations, fun, interactive workshops, you know, giveaways, shopping. We're hosting our first open mic that will have a cash prize. So it's really setting up to be a jam-packed day of fun. And again, this is for us, is that same labor of love and gratitude 
to Black women just in a virtual setting. We've tried our best to be as thoughtful about our virtual setting as we've been in the past with our, our in-person event. And so I'm really excited about that. And people can find out more about that event at gratitudeforblackgirls.com backslash this is for us. They can find it on Instagram at gratitudeforblackgirls.com. I mean, at gratitudeforblackgirls is our handle on Instagram. And, you know, the link in our bio has all the information. Uh, Facebook, we're gratitude for black girls. All those platforms have the details about This Is For Us, and we'll actually be dropping the full kind of schedule and, you know, all our special guests in the next coming weeks. And the event is on April 24th. That's a Saturday. Virtual doors open at 9 a.m. for general admissions. And people with like VIP tickets will have early access to shopping and all that good stuff. But all those details are dropping in the coming weeks. And I'm really, really excited. That's wonderful. That is. So it starts at nine o'clock virtually. And what time does it end? So it is a jam packed day. So the sessions and kind of like the formal schedule ends at about five or five or six, but we have an open mic that is going to happen that evening at seven. And so the way the event is set up this year, you're not expected to kind of sit in front of your computer all day. We're building something where you can pick and choose where you want to spend your time. And so the idea that you have to, you know, sit in front of your computer all day to attend this event, we're moving away from that. We know that people have, you know, virtual event fatigue, COVID fatigue. So we didn't want to create something that would further that. So this event is definitely going to be a space that once you get the schedule, because we're going to send out like the schedule and like a, a gift book, a program booklet all ahead of time, you'll be able to customize how you want to spend your day. So you might want to go to a couple of sessions and maybe hit the dance class and then come back at the open mic. You're totally able to do that. We wanted to create an experience that allowed you to, to, to drop the way you wanted to move and, you know, still be able to have your day and do the things that you would normally do on a Saturday, but to be able to drop in and out as you, as you need it to. And, you know, hopefully, you know, best case scenario, you love everything and want to do everything and you stay all day, but it's definitely not built that way. You won't miss, you won't feel like you're missing anything if you move around. Okay. And all of this is on the 24th. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Okay. That is a great event. It sounds like you have a lot of things in store. Every year you come up with different ways to engage the guests and to, you know, really go into that thank you note or that ladder, you know, dear guests, da 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 da, da thank you for yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, we do. And I, you know, even with having to pivot, because again, this was never, we never thought that we would be going into our third annual event and every year even with COVID starting last year and having to pivot quickly as we did I think we've continued to grow the platform and grow the audience and so the event just has organically grown with that and now we have these sessions and workshops and and all these new pieces we, we're adding honorees to the event this year it's grown in a way and continues to grow to adapt to what 
you know, our community needs. And now more than ever, even, you know, the entrepreneur side of it and supporting businesses and all that, all the pieces that are involved, it's really about bringing joy to our community. And I think we need that so much right now. We need celebration. We need community. And it's so hard to have that in this COVID social distancing, you know, quarantine world, especially in a way that doesn't feel exhaustive after, after being in this space for a year. And so I'm really excited for the ways that we've tried to innovate to make the event feel good. And I hope that everyone who attends walks away with the same feelings that those of you that attended the first year felt, even though it's virtual. Yeah. Yeah. It's the experience. And, you know, a lot of things are moving, you know, to digital experience. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely that. So Tatiara, is there anything else you want to share with listeners or, you know, anything that they can learn more about you? Because you gave your social media handles, which is good. And then you also gave the website www.gratitudeforblackgirls.com backslash this is us. Mm-hmm. Yep. Gratitude, gratitude, the number four, just to make sure everyone knows this, the number four blackgirls.com and then if they want to specifically go to the event they would just do backslash this is for us and anything else I would want to say I would say you know specifically to crafters continue to enjoy what you do you know crafters creators in this world are so important going back to this idea of joy you know artist in any form, crafter, painter, you know, whatever that looks like for you are so critical to humanity, so critical to our mental health as a society. And I like to believe that, you know, everyone needs art whatever that art looks like in their lives and the things that you you all create as crafters are beautiful. They bring people joy. And I am so grateful for the energy that you all put into the things that you do, the attention to detail. And, you know, humanity is better for having creative people in it. So thank you. You're welcome. That was very good advice that you've given to those who are listening. And she dropped a lot of gems, a lot of gems that can help you, whether you're the crafter that just enjoy it as a hobby or you're the crafter that's looking to turn into a profitable side gig or the crafter that just want to make crafting part of your lifestyle. So Tatiera gave a lot of wisdom and a lot of helpful takeaways from this. So once again, Tatiera, thank you so much for doing the podcast and one last question that I had, you know, in terms of gratitude, right? Because Mm -hmm sometimes people can take gratitude too far, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) To a point where it's often mistaken as, you know, being overly thankful for the least little thing. Now you have humility 
when people do things for you or think of you, right? Mm -hmm. But not all the time does excessive, where excessiveness never has a place. Let me get that straight. But don't confuse overcompensating with gratitude. Mm -hmm. So how how do you balance that? You have these events and you provide this experience in addition to the value and the content through your emails or your social media, how do you balance that gratitude portion without overcompensating? That's a good question. And that's a tough question. I, let, me, let me think about that for a second. How do I balance showing gratitude without overcompensating? Meaning, you know, excessive mm-hmm. measures, right? Right. Um, I would say, I would say that's a thin line. And I would say we here at Gratitude as a, the platform, one of our values is transparency. And I think when I thought about that as a value, it was this idea of, you know, living our truth and being our most authentic selves. And so I feel like we show gratitude to those who we genuinely want to extend it to and women and black women that align with our mission and our goals and our vision, all that good stuff. And we do pour heavily into them. And that I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm happy to do. And I think it would become excessive if we did not acknowledge that not every woman even every black woman will be in our space you know this i you know you know the whole thing about you know all skin folk and kin folk and all that stuff right and mm-hmm. so i think how we keep from being excessive and overcompensating in that way is staying true to our values And staying true to those values means understanding that not the excessive gratitude or, you know, like the heavy pouring that we do into our community doesn't mean we pour excessively into everyone, regardless if they align with our values or not. And so I think having those values is how we walk that thin line and treating all situations that arise in our community as a whole on a case-by-case basis. I think, I think that is how we, how we walk that line. I hope that answers that question. No, it does. Okay. It does. Okay. Um, because it's, you know, that, that's from your perspective. So, mm-hmm. you know, my perspective of it will be different from yours, but you are the guest and it's about (laughs) this is your moment so again thank you for answering that question very much appreciative and you know well said listeners you have just listened to miss tatiera go ahead rsvp go to the website and then if you want to follow on social media follow the handles that she mentioned and also they will be in the description of this episode as well you will find them there so once again 
Tatiara, thank you so much for being a guest on today's podcast. And I wish you well in all your endeavors. And I know planning an event takes a lot of time and effort, a lot of reworking, a lot of resetting. <laughs> it's going to be a wonderful event. I have no doubt about that. So I wish you all the best with that as well. Thank you so much. And thank you again for having me. This has been great. And I hope everyone enjoys this episode. All right. Next time. All right. Next time. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.